0: Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the hosts of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski.
1: Oh yeah, here we go again. Growing in Grace, that's the name of our program. I'm Mike Kapler, the Cap. Joel Brzezinski, the Breeze Man, is with me once again, and thank you for telling a friend on how uh, to find our podcast here of Growing in Grace. We want to share this with as many people as possible and, and hopefully see some lives changed and get some people thinking in the right mindset so that they can enjoy life in Christ and not feel so exhausted by it. Uh, how you doing this week, Joel?
0: Yeah, doing good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, getting <laughs> out of that stinking thinking, as some have called it, <laughs> of the opposite of grace the opposite of faith the opposite of life where we're thinking that man uh, god's against us god isn't for us so we've messed up too much god's never gonna accept us again into his arms well i've heard that called stinking thinking and i i think it's true because it's it really stinks it would it would really stink if god sent jesus christ his son to die for our sins and to raise us up together to have us raised up together with himself and then uh, still feel as if we're condemned still feel as if we're not measuring up because you know God so loved the world that he he gave his only begotten son Jesus Christ that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have eternal life God did that because he so loved the world which means he so loves you you know God doesn't just tolerate sinners he is passionate about sinners god loves people god loves sinners no matter what the depths of their sin no matter what the depths of the anything that they've done god came to save people he sent jesus to save people not to condemn and so in our life in christ we got to stay focused on the truth that god has come in jesus christ to save us to deliver us to help us into this thing called life and to get out of uh, the the consciousness of sin and of a sinful nature, because he's given us his own nature. He's made us partakers of the divine nature. Well, we've been talking about the faith
1: chapter in Hebrews, Joel, chapter 11, the past several programs. If you want to check those out, feel free to do so, and then you can pick up where we're uh, starting today. But we've talked about Enoch and Abel and Abraham, Noah, And we want to kind of continue here and see what we can extract from this. Again, these people pleased God because of faith, not because of their works. And that's an important distinction to understand because a lot of times we we read through a chapter like this and we think, wow, these people did some great things. Yeah, but it was God doing it through them, or it was an act of obedience on their part because they trusted in God. It wasn't so much them doing the work. It was the Lord moving through them in some way, shape, or form. So keep that in mind. Again, these are not great people of faith. These are regular people like you and me who had great faith, and they didn't do anything to muster it up somehow. They didn't go through some sort of religious ritual or learn some type of religious formula that made them somehow walk in great faith. Faith is a gift from God and they just learned how to walk in it by trusting in him and and uh, that's that's putting it in simple terms of course but i think that's just a few things to keep in mind as as we walk through hebrews 11
0: that is so key because uh you know i've heard this chapter preached on a few times and and also i just think that when i came to christ and the focus the overall focus in my life through preaching and through other things, was on works. My focus was on what I was supposed to do now. And so I would read something like Hebrews 11 and say to myself, look at all these things that these people did. And I would say, man, I just can never do that. Look at these things, you know. And And I would try so hard to start doing things that made me look like I had great faith. Not paying any attention to the fact that these people, as we've mentioned time and time again over the last few weeks, these people didn't do these things because they were trying hard to please God. It wasn't because they were trying so hard to figure out, like you say, a formula or something that they could do to please God. But the prerequisite, or how it all started, was that they trusted God. It was starting with that main foundation, that little foundation that the, the faith of God that he's given us as a gift if we can just rest right there and abide in Christ at that point just knowing that we do have faith and we do trust God and just let that you know, get settled into our hearts and then maybe we'll find ourselves doing exactly the things that God has called us to do again, not struggling or striving to do it, but simply because we trust him and we're resting in him well, and as we look at some of these people, and
1: we may not talk about each one, spending we won't spend a lot of time on each one individually, probably. We're going to start moving things along. But anybody from some of the mistakes that Abraham had made, and Moses, and David, and others, I mean, uh, some of these people had some real struggles. <laughs> <laughs> These, these were not these were not people fresh out of seminary who were just you know squeaky clean. <laughs> you know Moses, David, uh, th- these guys committed murder, cold-blooded murder, and uh, the list goes on. But uh, we just want to point out that these were not people who had it all together. And, and they didn't just reach a place where they had great faith all of a sudden and then did right. everything right either. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we get it in our head that, well, if I can just get my act together and and start, you know, walking in faith and doing everything right, um, then, then I know God will be pleased with me. And that's not how it works at all. And so, again, trying to trying to shoot some arrows through some of these things, these mindsets that have kept us down and, and uh, kept us sort of bound up from being able to, to move on and, and live freely in faith and through God's grace.
0: Yeah, it, you know, um I I mentioned Abraham last time and just you know some of the things he did just to kind of reiter- reiterate the point uh, going along with what you were talking about is that Abraham believed God and it was accredited to him or counted to him as righteousness. Genesis 15:6 says that. And it was after that that Abraham went and did a whole bunch of Things, or at least a few things that were contrary to faith but yet he remained the father of our faith as the new testament would call him and so again these are people ordinary average normal people with warts with problems with the flesh to deal with with all kinds of things going on in their lives not to you know focus on those things and and, and to lift those things up but just to be you know, encouraged. That God doesn't call those who have it all together. He calls those who don't have it all together, and He gives us the gift of faith. And we walk, in, and as we learn to walk in it, then we can find ourselves doing some pretty cool things. And even if we don't, it's it's faith through which we're saved. You know, God's grace is what saves us, and it's through the uh, the avenue of faith. And so, just remember, trust in God, and and let that be the foundation of your life. Yeah, because uh, if you get to the place where
1: you think you really do have it all together, um, and, and then you'll believe be it or Mike not, Kepler. there's plenty of people out no. there in religion who <laughs> think that way. Um, when you reach that place, that, those are usually the kind of people that, that, that God just can't use or, or mm-hmm. will not use, those who start getting entrenched in self-righteousness. I think the one thing outside of sin that seemed to me make Jesus angry or upset when he was a man on the earth was the religious crowd. Those who thought they had it all together, those Pharisees who thought they were such great doctors of the law, those were the ones that seemed to to frustrate Jesus, not the people who were just going on in life. Who were normal, average, everyday people who had their ups and downs. Those were the ones he was looking for. So keep that in mind when you're feeling like you're going through one of those down times. That's usually when God will probably begin to use you the most, whether you feel like it or not.
0: Yeah, just, I mean, just think about it. The people that Jesus hung out with, that he that he spent time with, deep quality fellowship with, tax collectors and sinners, prostitutes, people who were drinking. And smoking and and chewing and all those things, you know, those were the type of people that Jesus came to save. What you were talking about their cap as well, the Pharisees who had, who thought they had it all together, who had an outward appearance of righteousness, but yet inside, and Jesus had a lot of things to say to them. Just read Matthew 23, just as one example, he called them whitewashed tombs. They they looked clean on the outside, but they were so dead on the inside because why because they didn't have faith they were trusting in their own righteousness they were trusting in their own appearance and god doesn't go for those types of people he goes for those who know that they don't have it all together another example uh, the parable uh, where jesus you know saw the the pharisee was standing there looking at uh, was it was it a tax collector or someone and, and saying thank you, i thank you god that i'm not like that man over there and then the uh, tax collector uh, the sinner just beat his breast and said, God, forgive me, and just trusted in God's grace and mercy. Which one went justified, went away justified? It was the one who knew that he didn't have it all together, the one who simply trusted in God's mercy and in his grace. That's what this life in Christ is about. It's, it's all focused on God's grace, and, and none of it is lived apart from that.
1: Yeah, and and even with with Moses, I mean as we read through some of these uh, verses in in the faith chapter of Hebrews 11, even passing through the Red Sea, they did it by faith. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. But the Egyptians tried to do the same thing. But guess what? They weren't doing it by faith, and they and they were drowned. And, 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 you know, the, the Red Sea opened up not because we had a bunch of people sitting around with their legs crossed doing some sort of religious chant with candles, uh, trying to conjure up enough faith to get God to do something. They just trusted God. And, and then they were able to walk through the Red Sea, but it was by faith. And, and the list goes on here, Joel, as, as we continue on through all these, uh, wonderful people from the Old Testament, uh, who were great testimonies of faith and, endurance when it came to just trusting in God and and something that you had mentioned a couple of programs though Joel and this is something we want to remind our listeners about as you read through the scriptures I think it's almost a tragedy sometimes that we have divided up scripture into a whole bunch of tiny little verses but that's what we've got, and I realize that we have, you know, that we do it that way so that we can we can find things in the Bible. But a lot of times, people think these are just individual thoughts, or even a chapter was written that way. Like here, here's a thought on this subject. But here the writer has been talking about something leading up to something for many, many pages here in the Bible. And he comes into Hebrews 12 and and says, We're looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Uh, and and then it would go on from there. And there's there's more to talk about here. But the point is that the writer of Hebrews is going through all of this and comes back again to saying what we had said before: faith is not something that we work to get. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, the the originator and the one who will complete it.
0: You know that is such a great thing to remember as we uh, as we wrap things up this week because. Uh, as you and I, Mike, we've been going through you know, we've spent quite a bit of time in the book of Hebrews, um not just in the last few weeks, but in in the course of our of of our doing this program and as you read in, in Hebrews three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and go in read all of it, it's it's all he's all talking about one thing. He's talking about the one sacrifice of Jesus the sufficiency of that one sacrifice, the insufficiency of the old covenant and of the sacrifices of blood and bulls and go- of, of bulls and goats and all of that, and then he gives some examples of what of these people who were justified by faith, accredited uh, you know in this chapter for their faith, and he continues on like you say in chapter twelve here. Here's the whole point in you know Hebrews 12:2 uh, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith that is what the whole thing is about it's not about what you do it's not about how well you do it or don't do it It's about looking unto Jesus. He's the author of our faith. He's the finisher, the perfecter, the one who matures our faith, the one who who tops it all off and and makes it all that it's supposed to be. So we look unto him. Well, hey, I'm Joel along with Cap, and this is Growing in Grace. We do invite you to check out past archives of our program at gracefruits.org. We'll be back again with you next time for more talk about Growing in Grace.